0: show. I'm re-recording the podcast that I recorded live earlier this evening on YouTube, and the reason that I took the earlier version down is in reviewing the comments that I was getting. It was clear to me that too many people were coming to the wrong conclusion that I was excusing or trying to condone the actions of the officers uh, who were involved in the death of George Floyd. Uh, That was certainly not the case. I mean I was outraged when I saw that video uh, just like everybody else and so what I was really trying to do was also condemn the individuals who were trying to exploit this tragedy for personal or political gain. So as bad as that individual death was, what was being done in the name of justice is actually far worse and has much more or far broader consequences that really need to be discussed. Not that I want to diminish what happened uh, to Mr. Floyd or you know, diminish uh, the, uh, the loss that his family is now grieving. That is not the point. My point is that the entire nation is gonna end up grieving a far greater loss when it comes to individual liberty and economic freedom as a result of a lot of misguided, though maybe well-intentioned legislation that to me, it seems as obvious, go, obviously going to follow based on the mood of the nation and what has been uh, the, the, the fears that have now been stoked in response to what happened. And you know in particular, you look at the reactions from AOC, uh, who is using this to further advance her socialist agenda by trying to legitimize the looters, right, and trying to portray them as the as the you know equivalent of freedom fighters, right, and that she wants to broker a truce between these freedom fighters and a nation that is denying them freedom, and what she wants in order to call off the violence, to call off the looting is for this laundry list of socialist programs to be enacted, right? We need to provide the looters with government housing, government healthcare, government education, jobs, all sorts of things that she believes individuals are entitled to. And she believes they're entitled to react violently, that they're entitled to go out and take, right, what's not theirs if it's not being given to them By the government and see the problem is at its core socialism is legalized looting that is what socialism is all about it's about using the power of government to plunder to loot what belongs to other people so instead of looting directly you're doing it indirectly by voting for somebody who's going to loot on your behalf but you see once you've accepted that moral principle that it's okay to take something that doesn't belong to you. Well, then why not cut out the middleman? I mean, that's what the looters are doing. They're just being efficient. Instead of invoking a middleman to loot for them, they're just going straight to the source and doing it themselves. And and, and what we are doing now is we are giving more credibility to that mindset. And, and, And I think because so many people have now been conditioned to believe that they are entitled to things, right? That is one of the reasons that they are more likely to commit these acts than maybe Americans in the past who were not so entitled, who did not grow up in a welfare state where they believed uh, that they were entitled uh, to the fruits of other people's labor. But that's the, the situation that we have today. And now you have the left, the socialists who are exploiting this tragedy to try to advance uh, that that agenda. In fact, look, Robert Johnson, I couldn't believe I was watching him on CNBC this morning, and he is actually trying to utilize what's happening, right? The, the protests, uh, the rioting, the looting, to advocate for uh, slavery reparations, right? This is proof, right? Because uh, blacks and of course they're not the only ones that are looting, right? They're white people looting too. But somehow this proves that we have this racial inequality, we have this income inequality, and the way to justify it is for reparations for slavery. And of course this is a completely asinine, nutty, impractical idea, right? Which I have discussed on my podcast in the past, and I, I will dispense. Uh, with discussing it again I mean it should be obvious how ridiculous the whole concept is but the fact that they are using this tragedy and the looting and the rioting that uh, it helps spawn in order to advance that in order to create an argument that we need reparations that the reason that we're having this looting and these riots is because we don't have the reparations for slavery. And what we need to do to make sure that this doesn't happen again is we need to actually have this type of program. And my thinking is something is going to be enacted along those lines. Obviously, it's not going to be the type of reparations that a lot of people are advocating because it's completely impractical, but I do believe that there's going to be some type of program that is going to be enacted that is going to be extremely expensive that is going to be the result of some type of attempt to create some type of version of a reparations right? We're going to have something like that certainly uh, in the the next administration if we have a Democratic uh, Senate, we are going to have some version of reparations and this this event this tragedy is going to be used to justify that policy and of course you know I think part of it is that now that we believe that nothing costs any money right because we could have whatever we want we just print the money right nobody is asking what anything costs so why bother to ask what reparations are going to cost I mean, yes, there's no way to figure out who's entitled to receive it and who gets stuck with the bill. But if nobody gets stuck with the bill because nobody actually gets one, nobody's taxes actually go up, hey, we just print a bunch of money, right? The Federal Reserve just prints the money to, to cut the reparations checks, it's all for free. So why deny somebody something that they're gonna get for free? The problem is the extra money that would be created in order to fund these programs, in addition to all of the money that is already being created, is gonna help destroy the value of the dollar and potentially result in hyperinflation, rendering any reparations payments worthless, right? So not only are the reparation payments worthless, but everything else is worthless. So we wipe out the savings uh, of everybody, including the descendants of slaves, including the uh, the African-Americans who were the intended beneficiaries of these programs, they get wiped out too. And in fact, all of these programs, whenever they want to point to this big disparity, and I'm not going to deny that there is a disparity uh, in wealth and there is wealth inequality. I agree that there's too much of it, right? I, I, I disagree that there should be none. Clearly, everybody's contribution to society is not going to be equal. In a free market economy, you basically get out what you put in, right? The more you contribute, right? The more your efforts result in more goods and more services created and available to more people, you are rewarded, right? The the value you can take out is in proportion to the value that you put in. That's the beauty of a free market as opposed to a socialist system where it's not what you do or what you know, but who you know, it's your connections, it's your political connections that determine your standard of living right cuz you could steal more if you have the right connections but in a free market economy you know it, it's about your efforts now i'm not saying that you know you're going to have some people that you know if you if you have certain connections right might you uh, put you know put yourself in a position where you have an opportunity that somebody that doesn't have those connections might not have sure but at the end of the day it's what you do with those connections uh, that is gonna determine uh, the income that you have, right? So the, the, the more productive you are, the more you're gonna earn and the more you earn, the more uh, claims that you can make on the production, on the goods and services. But if we just print a bunch of money and, and, and hand it out, there is no relationship between the money that's being created and any work that's being done, right? When you are uh, working, Even if you're earning a salary, you're being paid for being productive, right? You're contributing something and in return, you get the right to draw on that production. You get paid money, which you could use to then buy goods and services. You may not be buying the exact goods and services that you yourself provided. You provided some goods and services and now that allows you uh, to claim ownership of other goods and services in proportion uh, to to what you, have, what you have produced, but the fact that we have this extra income inequality is not the result of a failure of capitalism, but of a failure to have capitalism. The irony of it is, it's the very government programs, it's the regulations and the subsidies and the taxes that have been imposed over the years, over the generations. supposedly well-intentioned programs where they are designed to, to help the very people that are impacted the most, that are hurt the most. It's these programs that are causing the problems. And more of these programs are just gonna make the problems worse. They're not gonna make them go away. What we need to do is eliminate the programs that are causing the problems. You know, uh, if you look at legislation and, and, and poverty programs or anti-discrimination programs, it's very similar to the Federal Reserve, right? The Federal Reserve keeps interest rates too low and they inflate bubbles. And then when the bubbles pop, instead of reflecting on their monetary mistakes and say, gee, I guess we, you know, we shouldn't have kept rates this low. you know, uh, They just say, well, we need to lower rates. and even if they're zero well maybe they need to go negative right? they never reassess the the wisdom of what they're doing the efficacy and they never believe that hey maybe what we're doing is actually the problem maybe this is not how to solve the problem maybe it's keeping interest rates artificially low that are causing the problems that we're trying to solve by lowering interest rates even further so politicians they're never going to consider the fact that their programs are causing the very problems that their programs are supposed to solve. And in many ways, though, that is, could be by design because the way politicians get votes is not by creating prosperity. It's not by liberating people from poverty or empowering people to, uh, you know, to um, lift themselves up right, by their own bootstraps. The way politicians get votes is by convincing people that the only way up is through government, that they're being exploited or they're the victims of racism, you know, which is another thing that is, is uh, bothering me about what should be a, a example of just police brutality and excessive force and you know, uh, wanton disregard for human life on the part of these particular policemen Against this particular individual, all of a sudden, it's all about race because the victim in this case happens to be black, and the the police officers, or at least the one that's now been charged uh, with manslaughter or gross negligence or third degree murder—I forget what the charges were—but that guy happens to be to be white, and now all of a sudden, this becomes racial because making it racial is what empowers the politicians, right? to try to drive the narrative that society is so racist that the only way um, African-Americans can succeed is if they vote for the people that are going to punish the racists and that are going to redistribute wealth and are going to make it possible uh, for you to succeed is to put your faith in government, right? Because if they actually allow capitalism to work and now the people that they want to, uh, you know, buy their votes if now they don't need their help anymore because now they're successful, well, now they can't pander. So you want to continue to keep down the class that you're pandering to. And believe me, uh, that is what is going to happen as a result of this tragedy. You know, we're going to get more uh, misguided uh, regulations and legislation and government programs that are going to take a bad situation that has already been made bad by government and make it worse. But what I also wanted to discuss uh, on the podcast was the implications of what happened over the weekend of this widespread lawless activity, uh, the looting, uh, the vandalism, the impact that it's going to have on the US economy and on the markets. Because if you actually look at what happened in the stock market today, the Dow was up. I think it was up about 90 points or something like that. I mean, all the indexes were up. They weren't up a lot. But the point is, they weren't down. I mean, and they should have been down a lot. I mean, think about what we just endured as a nation. I've never seen anything like it, right? I mean, forget about uh, what happened to George Floyd, right? I mean, that's bad, but just forget about that. Look at what happened as a result of that. In the name of justice for George Floyd, look at all the injustices that were done. I mean, if people want to focus on race, right, on the fact that George Floyd was black, well, what about a lot of the owners of these stores, these small mom and pop stores that were looted? A lot of these stores are probably owned by people who are black. What about them? I mean, what about concern for people who put their whole lives into their small business and now it's been destroyed? I mean, how does that bring back George Floyd? How is that justice uh, for Floyd by doing injustice to other people? How do so many other wrongs make a right? They don't, they just compound the problem and you know, We just went through, or we're still going through, it's not even over the whole situation with COVID-19 and the lockdown. And you know, how many of these small retailers were already not going to reopen, right? I've already talked about that on this program, that a lot of these stores are just shutting down permanently. Well, now, as a result of all this looting, even more of these stores are never going to reopen. I mean, first of all, what are they going to reopen to? They don't have any merchandise. All the merchandise is gone, right? I mean, a lot of these companies, now are saying that, hey, we're going to have a lot of these going out of business sales. Well, now we're still going to have companies going out of business. They're just not going to have any sales because there's nothing left to sell because it's already been stolen, right? But what about the guys that try to reopen? What's gonna happen to them? What about their insurance rates, right? I mean, first of all, maybe some of these small business owners didn't even have insurance, right? What are they gonna do? How are they gonna handle this loss if it's not insured? But for those who have insurance, what about when they have to buy another policy? What's gonna happen to the rates that they're gonna have to pay in the future to buy insurance? Because I think insurance companies now, particularly in these inner city neighborhoods, right? where most of the looting is taking place, right? That's where the insurance companies are gonna to have to raise rates the most. It's not because they're discriminating. They're just trying to make the premiums uh, in proportion to the risk. So if now you're trying to reopen your store in an area where there's been a lot of looting and now where the insurance companies know, hey, you know, this might happen again. I mean, if it can happen once, it could happen again. Maybe this is just the beginning of a whole string of these events. And in fact, the more we try to justify it and condone it, the more likely it is to continue. So these insurance companies are gonna have to price up uh, the insurance. And so now maybe it's too expensive. Maybe it's the higher insurance rates that force, force some of the marginal operators to go out of business. But even if they can stay in business, paying the higher insurance rates, Well, what does that mean? That means they have to raise prices even more to cover that extra cost, right? So how is that going to help these communities when the stores that are there now have to charge higher prices uh, to compensate for the greater risk that all their stuff is going to get stolen? And, you know, as if, you know, these companies didn't have a hard enough time competing with Amazon. And I know there were a couple of situations where some Amazon trucks I think maybe got ambushed and some stuff was stolen. But the vast majority of the merchandise that Amazon has in these warehouses that are in remote locations, nobody was storming those and looting those. It was the mom and pop stores, right? The brick and mortar stores in the strip malls, in the malls, in the shopping centers, the ones that have been having a really hard time, right, competing, they're the ones that got looted. Right? So now it's even harder for these guys uh, to survive. So if the markets were just thinking about the, the economics of what they're witnessing, right? so now whatever V-shaped recovery people thought was coming, right? now they got to mark that down right? because fewer businesses are going to reopen and the ones that do are going to be stuck with even higher costs. And so that means that fewer jobs, right, are gonna come back. So more of the people who lost their jobs are not gonna be recalled to work because the places that they worked, right, are, you know, all the stuff was stolen, right? Uh, And and so there's gonna be a weaker economic recovery as a result of what happened over the weekend. And for all we know, it's gonna continue. We have no idea how much longer this is going to go on whether it's come to an end or whether it's just going to continue, right? And 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 whether, you know, there's just going to be a higher level overall of theft or shoplifting or vandalism that's going to go all the way, you know, through the election and maybe beyond. So the stock market should be interpreting this negatively. And of course, if fewer businesses are going to reopen and if fewer uh, unemployed people are going to go back to work, isn't that going to ultimately impact corporate earnings in general? Aren't corporate earnings gonna be even weaker if the recession ends up being even deeper as a result of this? Of course, right? And again, what about the political ramifications? As I said, we are far more likely now to get big government spending programs that are gonna be seen as, you know, necessary or a solution to the underlying problem that led to the looting and the rioting right this is going to allow uh, politicians to advocate for social programs and spending that they may not have been able to uh, advance but for this incident that they're exploiting, especially now, as I said, in an environment where nothing costs anything because everything is paid for uh, by the Federal Reserve. So we don't have to ask the question, hey, how are we gonna afford this program or where is this money gonna come from? Because the Fed is just gonna create it into existence and so it doesn't cost anything. So what are we gonna have? We're gonna have bigger deficits. We're gonna have a weaker economy. We're gonna have more unemployment. We're gonna have higher consumer prices. There's going to be even worse stagflation than the stagflation that was coming anyway. And the stock market is up. So what is that telling you? Again, that's telling you that investors don't care about the fundamentals of the economy or the market. I mean, sure, you can see pockets of that. I mean, we had a lot of strength in uh, The gun stocks, right, companies that manufacture firearms, they were like the biggest gainers on the day, right? Because people are thinking, oh, people are going to want to buy guns to protect themselves from all this violence. But that should be a sign that this is bad, right? That the economy is going to be bad if people are so scared that they want to go out and buy guns, What is that telling you about the prospects for the economy when so many more people now feel that they need to arm themselves, right? This is not a good thing that the gun stocks are taking off, right? But what the investors are looking at, all they care about is the Fed. And in fact, maybe they've come to the conclusion that, yes, what we just witnessed over the weekend is bad for the economy it is bad for corporate earnings which is why it's bullish for stocks because it will result in even more stimulus than we were otherwise going to get right as much money as the fed is printing they're now going to print even more right and now the odds that we actually have negative interest rates are even greater than they were before so maybe what the market is celebrating is the fact that a worse economy is going to mean even more money printing by the Fed. And so since the entire bull market is a function of monetary policy, anything that's bearish for the economy and bearish for earnings is bullish for the stock market because it's the bad news that is driving the Fed and it's the Fed that's driving the stock market. But how much longer can the stock market rise when the only thing fueling the rise is bad news? Yes, I agree that the bad news is going to keep on coming and it's going to keep getting worse, but you cannot fuel the market on bad news. And eventually, the bad news of all this money printing is going to bleed into the overall economy. People are going to start to see the consequences of what the Fed has been doing. I mean, if you look at what happened in some other markets today, the dollar was down, I mean it it didn't get killed but the dollar index was down about a half a percent you had some currencies like the uh australian dollar was up two percent today so we did see some weakness in um in uh in um the dollar also saw some strength in the metals market i mean gold wasn't particularly strong it was up about eight or nine dollars today but um silver was up i think better than 40 cents again in fact the gold silver ratio is now at 95 to 1 which still seems you know like silver is very cheap at 95 to 1 and it is and silver still is a great buy but it was 120 to 1 uh, a month or two ago you know and that was a record low so silver is now moving and leading this bull market which i think is even more bullish for gold Uh, than when silver was lagging and gold was partying by itself. Now that silver is not only just participating but maybe leading the way I think this is even more bullish uh, for gold than it was before. So people are starting to realize that this is a negative for the dollar that this is inflationary and so they are selling dollars and they are buying gold and as these trends continue Right. Once the dollar really breaks down and believe me, right, we start proposing these big government spending programs on top of the massive deficits that already exist. And whether or not they get proposed now, they're certainly going to happen uh, in the next administration. In fact, you can already see if you look at the predicted site uh, that the odds of Trump being reelected have come down a bit and the odds of Biden or Democrat winning have gone up, right? So clearly what's happening now is working against the president. And that's one of the reasons, again, that they wanna make this into a racial issue rather than a police brutality issue is because they wanna blame that on Donald Trump, right? As if the these actions are being driven by Trump, that somehow Trump's attitude is the reason that we now are a more racist society than we were before Trump was elected. And the result of this extra racism is uh, uh, blacks being killed uh, by racists. And so if you don't want that to happen, well, we need to elect a Democrat. We need to elect Biden. So that's part of the agenda that is being pushed. And, and, And so as investors appreciate the power of that narrative and its ability to move that economic and political needle, right? That is just more fuel to the fire when it comes to uh, selling the dollar and, and and buying gold. And so I think that what we're seeing again simply accelerates what I've been saying. And the fact that we're seeing this type of looting, right? This type of violence now, just shows you what's going to happen later because I've been talking on this podcast that I thought we were going to see looting we were going to see civil unrest not because of of this right my thinking was it was going to be in reaction to a real economic crisis that is still coming I mean as bad as things are now it's going to get a whole lot worse and I think one of the reasons that you know, this powder keg was so susceptible to a match is because of the economic conditions, because of the very, very high unemployment that, you know, is a result of this recession, right? And I can only imagine how much worse it will be if people are still unemployed, but they don't get these extended benefits. I mean, right now, a lot of people who are unemployed are actually earning more money than when they were working. Well, what happens when that stops? What happens when these expended benefits run out? Or worse, what happens if the benefits themselves have no value or have very little value because we've had massive increases in prices? We've destroyed the value of our currency. That's what I thought was going to precipitate civil unrest and and looting. What happens if prices are running out of control and the government decides that the solution is price control? Right? We have to have controls on prices. We have to ration goods and services because that's the only way to keep the prices from going up. We don't want the market uh, to allow prices to clear by going up and clearing the market. We want to prevent prices from rising by putting some government imposed limits. And so rather than higher prices rationing the goods and services, you actually have rationing. You have people only being allowed a certain uh, amount of goods or services or people having to wait on long lines in order to receive their ration. I mean, maybe we end up having rolling blackouts where instead of letting power prices go way up, we just force everybody to use less power. So you don't pay as much for your power, but you're just in darkness most of the time. I mean, a lot of this stuff could be happening, right? Shortages, Food shortages, power shortages, blackouts, long lines. And if we have this much looting, right, this much violence now, right, when the economy is still relatively okay, yes, we have a lot of unemployed people, but they got plenty of cash right now. Even though they're unemployed, they got money and there's still goods to buy, right? Look at all the stuff that was on the shelves that they looted. But what's gonna happen when there's barely anything on the shelves? When the shelves are almost empty, you know what's going to happen when people are actually hungry, right? And they're in the dark. If things are this bad now, when things on a relative basis are not that bad compared to the way things may very well be in the very near future, as a result of the far economic uh, hardship that is going to befall this nation when we have to deal with the consequences of what we've been doing. When all these monetary chickens come home to roost and now we have to deal with the consequences that we've avoided. We've postponed the pain by exporting our inflation to the rest of the world. Well, when the rest of the world gets tired of importing our inflation and they send it back to us and they don't send us their goods anymore, they send—they just send us back our paper, right? And then we finally have to deal with this bubble that is completely imploded and this house of cards have come collapsing down. Just imagine. So I think this is but a small taste of what's coming. And it's going to be a lot worse based on the way the left and the media, which in, 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 in many cases is also left, right? The way they are trying to exploit the tragedy of the death of George Floyd into into moving this political narrative, right? Not only just fueling uh, the the flames of of, of racial divisiveness, right? And trying to uh, pit groups against one another, but to justify bigger government, more government, more spending, more money printing, right? When what the economy needs right now, more than ever before, is the opposite of that. More than ever before, we need less government, we need sound money, and i just seen that the nation has made a major step over the course of just a few days, we have taken a major step in the wrong direction. <music>